if you have your Bible, turn with me to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. I'm going to read verse 1. It's a song of degrees that's written by Solomon. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord build the house, the people that build it labor in vain. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Except the Lord build the house, they that build it are wasting their time. The New Living Translation says, unless the Lord builds a house, the workers, the work of the builder is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it will do no good. Message Bible Translation will say, if God does not build the house, the builders will build shacks. If God does not guard the city, the night watchman might as well go to sleep. Except the Lord build the house. That's the title of what we want to look at this morning. Except the Lord build the house. Now we're continuing in our leadership series. And... Um, one critical aspect of leadership is the ability to build things. Is the ability to set a goal or a vision and let the people follow that vision. One of the critical aspects of leadership is the ability to, to set a course or determine the journey or the path in which the people will follow. That's very critical. So as a leader, in whatever sphere, I'm sure we already know when I'm talking about leader, it doesn't matter where you are, in whatever sphere, whatever uh, um, sphere of relevance or, or influence or dominance that you have, as a leader, whether I'm talking about leader, I'm talking whether it's in ministry, whether it's in, um, in your career, whether it's in um, whatever, in your business, in the marketplace, whatever. As a leader, one of the critical aspects is the ability to build. And you find out that a lot of people who are leaders have good visions, have good plans, have good intentions. They put in a lot of effort. They do so much. They give it their all. But in the long run, the result doesn't match their effort. What they see as the product of what they have done does not match what they have done. In fact, in most cases... Some people are not even looking for overflow. They're not looking for, for good measure, press down, shake it together, roll. They're not looking for that. They're just looking for a commensurate result based on the amount of work or effort or time or resources that they put in. And you find out that many people are struggling because what they are giving is not what they are getting. Yeah. It's a good vision. It's a good plan. 
but it looks like it is not working. They're not getting in measure what they put in is not what they're getting. So what happens is most of the time, frustration begins to set in. People begin to lose hope or get tired of what they're doing. And you hear people say things like, I don't think I can, I can do this anymore. Something like that happened recently. There was an election yesterday, right? Many people did not go out to vote. You know why? Because the effort they did the other time, they did not see the result the way... Am I correct? Yeah. So it happens. Somebody will put in so much time, so much energy, so much work, so much resources, so much relationship, so much of everything, and then the result does not match the effort. And then before you know what's happening, discouragement begins to set in, frustration begins to set in, and you hear things like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. Maybe you invested in someone as a leader, and the person, and the person disappointed you, then another opportunity to invest in another person comes. You tell yourself, mm, I don't think I can do this anymore. It might not even be investment in a person. It can be an investment in some financial whatever. And the last one you did did not work. And you're telling yourself, mm, I cannot do this again. Or somebody has fasted and fasted and prayed and believed God over a particular thing. And um, when you are expecting the result, it doesn't come the way you expect it. You tell yourself, that ah, after all my fasting. No. It doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. In fact, somebody asked me that question recently. And he said, I'm doing my best. But I don't know why the person was talking about was a lady, was talking about her office situation. That she was doing her best, you know, to you know make sure that she's doing the right things. But according to her, it is the unbelievers that were getting the results that she was expecting to get. So it's now looking like the result of the unbelievers are mocking her. So she came to me and she was saying, Ah, sir, why, why? And I know that there are so many people like that who are wondering, why am I doing this thing I'm supposed to do? Why am I putting in all this effort? Why am I making sure that I'm doing it the right way and yet I'm not getting the result? I want to help you answer that question today. And the problem, basically, okay, is it okay for me to start something, then tell God that, God, see what I'm doing. I need your help. It's not the wrong thing. Is it okay for me to, to you know, somebody will say, am I not supposed to work on my marriage? Am I not supposed to work on my business? Am I not supposed to work on my, on my, you know, my abilities and all that? So if I am working on it, why is God not responding or responding in a way that is reciprocal to what I am at least, the effort I am putting in? Now, let me explain to you. The problem is the order in which you are doing it. And that's where a lot of us miss it. People get a vision then go to God to stamp the vision. 
No. The order should be reversed. You go to God for the vision and then allow him to lead you through the vision. We have been misplacing the order. So people get married. And after getting married, they begin to speak in tongues over their marriage. And it looks like nothing is working. You miss the order in the first place. You were supposed to go to God concerning the marriage first. And then when he gives the go-ahead, you now begin to tell him when problems or challenges arise. That's why that scripture says, concerning the works of my hands. You know that scripture? It says, concerning the works of my hands. What should happen? Command ye me. The point is that you cannot give an instruction to God over something that he was not involved in from the beginning. Many people are praying to God for... So what happens is they are praying to God and say, God, it is written. It is written. You did not complete the written. The it is written. So many people have found themselves in this situation and they are struggling. You are supposed to first of all check with God that this thing I'm about to do is in the will of God. It's in the purpose of God. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's see verse 10 and 11. Let's see what the Bible says there. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 10 and 11. I want it on the screen. Can I get it on the screen? Okay, let me read it from here. Because I would have loved the church to follow as, I, as I'm reading Deuteronomy 6, 10 to 11. It says, And it shall be when the Lord thy God and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which, was, which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not. Remember, except the Lord build the house, the builders build in vain. Now, see verse 11. That's the one we like to, to, to quote. It says, And houses full of all good things, which thou filled not, and wells digged which thou digged not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou planted not, when thou shalt have eaten, sorry, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Houses you did not build. Vineyards you did not plant. Olive trees that you did not plant. Houses filled with good things that you know nothing about. That's what God is going to give to you. But it started from verse 10. Verse 10 said, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers. So that's a clause in leadership that we must pay attention to. Whether it is in leading yourself, 
or in leading your family or leading a large group of people. You must understand that the, the process is that you go to God and get the permission. Let's, let's, let's use permission. You go to God and confirm if this is the right thing to do. You go to God and double check if this thing I am about to do is within the will of God. After you get that, then you go ahead. When you go ahead, take marriage for instance. You want to get married and God says, go ahead. When you get married, after you go ahead and everything is not working, then you go back to God. Say, Lord, you are the, I was on my own. No? You are the one that says I should marry this person. Oh, yeah. Another scripture we normally, uh, uh, another scripture we were very quick to quote, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Romans 8, 28. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that what? Love God and to them that are all things work together for good for them that love God and them that are called according to his purpose. Meaning, if it is not according to his purpose, it probably will not work together for good. Church, do you understand what I'm talking about this morning? That is it. You must understand it. That when you want to take on a challenge, when you want to go ahead with that relationship, you want to go ahead with that assignment, you want to go ahead with that business, you want to go ahead with that career or that job, you need to first of all stop by and ask God. Because when it has to do with the will of God, there are so many dynamics and dimensions attached to it. God said to Noah to begin to build an ark. I'm sure by the time the ark began to get big, people would have been wondering, that what's wrong with this man? Who will push this thing for you to the sea? Instead of you to go and build it near the sea, so that when time comes, no. Because that assignment, that, 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 the way they were thinking was outside of the purpose of God. So if God is telling somebody to do something, and you are looking at it and copying the person to do it. That's, ah, these are the, you know, in, in our generation, we have so many, so many, so many coaches. You know, coaches. Now we have leadership coaches, we have life coaches, we have mind coaches, we have marriage coaches, we have everything. So one coach will just tell you, one leadership coach will tell you, one on one laws of leadership. Those things are good. However, if it has to do with you, you need to check first. Does it align with the plan and the purpose of God for your life? Does it align with the destiny assignment that God has placed upon your head? Or the demand that God has placed on your destiny? Does it align with the promises that God has put you or the purpose for which God sent you? It is after we have gotten those things, that's when we begin to make a move. 
So the, the point I'm trying to make is this. Spend time in God's presence. Spend time asking God questions before you go ahead to begin to do what you want to do. Listen to me. This morning I was talking to them in the um, update service. We're talking about some rules of um, some rules of money. We're talking about that's what we're talking about. The, those of you that don't go for update service, the Lord is with you. So this morning we're talking about the rules of money. And we're talking about how to calculate your worth. And after you calculate your worth and you are not okay with it, we said you have to do two things. One, you have to learn. You have to spend time to improve yourself so that you increase your value. You increase your worth. You know? And while I was telling them, I said, that thing that has to do with learning, it has a lot to do with spending time. You spend time before you spend money. Spend time learning stuff before the resources or whatever begin to come. So if we have that principle for making money, the principle too applies with God. Spend time with God to understand his plan and purpose for you in anything. When you successfully spend that time, you'll now be able to know how to go about it. Because many times, we allow ambition to go ahead of God's approval. Ah, I need to, I need to, I need to do this. I need to make sure that I know, I need to, I need to. We have not checked for God's approval yet. We just jump in because of ambition. And when we get um, stung, when life happens, we begin to complain that oh no, this is not what I this is not what the Lord said concerning me. No. It's not what the Lord said, you are correct. But that thing that you think he said, that I will answer thee according to the desires of your heart. and mm -mm. Answering you according to the desires of your heart has to be in accordance with his will. Has to be in accordance with his purpose. Let me tell you something. Write it down. If you are not writing before, write this one down. The safest place to build anything is in the will of God. If you want to build anything, the safest place to build it is in the will of God. Put Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 for me. Put it up. Revelation 4 11. The safest place to build anything, beloved, is where you build it inside the will of God. Revelations 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure, they are all created. You know that song? For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure, they are and were created. Yes, you know the song. The safest place to build anything is to build it in the will of God. Why? Because as far as God's pleasure, as far as that thing is the will of God, it will bring pleasure to God. And once something brings pleasure to God, God will sustain it. He will defend it. But when you are building outside of the pleasure of the Almighty, you will struggle. You will struggle. You will just be expending energy. When you are outside of God's will, 
you will be expending, you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be using a lot of energy and you are not getting the proper results. Let's go back to our text, Psalm 127. Psalm 127, verse 1. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain. Now, I want to tell you something. This psalm was not written by David, or not written by Moses or the sons of Asaph. It was written by Solomon. And if you and I know something from the scriptures about Solomon, you will know that Solomon was a different kind of man. Very wealthy man. And the Bible told us one of the wisest men that has lived in this earth. So Solomon was a different kind of man. Now, Solomon was actually called as a culture shift in, for the people of Israel. What do I mean? Pay attention. Before now, from Exodus, from Exodus, every time you read about the temple of God, the temple of God was a mobile system that they usually get to a place and they erect it. Once they set up that messy seat, set up the, the, what do you call it, the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. Those of you that know anything about, you know, the outer court, the inner court, and then the Holy of Holies. They have that system. It was a structure that they usually set up. So if the Israelites were moving from point A to point B, they will collapse that structure in point A. When they get to point B, they will erect it again. And that place becomes a temple. It becomes the dwelling place of God in the camp at that time. All through the scriptures, even when David was king, all the kings and all the, all the, all the prophets that you read about in the Bible, from Exodus till the time of Solomon, they operated mobile temples. So Solomon was the first person that was going to erect a physical structure as a temple. That's why I said it was a culture shift for the people of Israel. He was about to do something that nobody had done before. I'm sure you know there would have been critics. critics. There would have been people that were murmuring that this is not how our fathers did it. This is not how our fathers said it. But you know what? Because it was in the will of God, Solomon's temple is mentioned to be the best temple ever recorded in the Bible. Why? It was according to the will of God. In fact, it was so much in the will of God that his father, David, gathered so many materials. God said, no, it's not you that will build it. Just keep the materials in the store. When I'm ready, I will build it. And God picked Solomon to do that which nobody has done before. I want to pray for somebody here now. In your family line, that thing that nobody has done before, as you thunder with your amen, God will use you to do it. In that family line, where greatness has never been experienced before, where no great man or great woman has, has been lifted up from before, I speak as a servant of God and I prophesy, you we break that record in your family. In the name of Jesus. So Solomon was a different kind of person. He was actually called 
to do that thing that nobody has done, to set up a physical building where God will dwell. So if somebody who understands building construction, that understands, you know, the things or the systems that surround erecting a building, is telling you that except the Lord build the house, the builders build in vain. Let me tell you something that happened in Solomon's time. When Solomon was king, Solomon had a very interesting reign as king. He did not fight any battle. He was at peace with all the kings around him. As a matter of fact, the Bible told us that the kings around him used to pay homage to him. You know, when we, call, when we talk about the cedars of Lebanon, Solomon was writing to the kings, I want ivory from this nation. I want gold from this place. Solomon gathered the best of materials to build that temple for God. After building the temple, the person that built it is telling you that except the Lord built the house, the builders build in vain. That's deep. Why? This is a man that is successful. A man that has results. A man that is king and a great leader in his time. He's telling you that if you do not do that thing you want to do inside the will of God, no matter how intellectually balanced or stable you are, you will face problem. Accept the Lord. Build the house. Now let me give you another dimension to this thing. Because the question that you might want to ask me now is, that, okay, how is God going to build this house? Say, you say, except the Lord build it. How, is, it, is it God that came down to build the temple of uh, Solomon, to gather the gold and this and that and put them together and erect it? Now let me explain this to you. If you understand anything about the building construction industry or the construction industry, you will know that there are so many players in the construction industry. We have um, engineers, we have um, different kinds of engineers, mechanical and um, we have civil engineers, mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, we have um, laborers, we have um, painters, we have even now in the, in the construction industry, even interior decorators are already part of building construction. So much. So many calculations, so many things are put together to set up a building. But in that system, there is one person who is usually in charge. They call him the architect. It is the architect that sets up the plan for the building. And then all other parts of the construction team begin to add their own to the design. The architect is the one who says the building is going to face like this or face like this. After the architect has finished the building, what you call the building plan, they will now pass it to the structural engineers to calculate the amount of this they need to carry that. How are we going to suspend the ceiling? How are we going to put the roof? What kind of foundation are we going to use? 
and then they pass it on to the electrical and mechanical. They are the ones that are saying that, okay, we're not going to use toilets that do this. We're going to use this kind of toilets. We're going to use flush doors and not these doors. We're going to use this kind of lights. We're going to pass the cables on the surface or in the wall. We're going to do all this. After that, they finish, they, they, they pass it on to the to other departments. Everybody begins to make their input in the building. But they are making the input on the building based on the blueprints that the architect has passed to them. That's why the Bible was telling us in Moses, uh, sorry, was telling us in Hebrews concerning Abraham that God said to him to leave his father's house and go to a city whose builder and architect is God. Except the Lord build the house. Except the Lord give you the blueprint. Every other thing around it is a waste of time. That's what I want you to leave here with today. That God is set to use you for great things in whatever sphere of influence that you belong. God is ready to use you to advertise his power and glory. But first of all, you must check that that thing that God wants to do, sorry, that thing that you want to do, does it align with the will and purpose of God for my life? First question to ask. So if you want to do, take for instance, you want to do business. The first question is, God, am I supposed to be in the marketplace? Because there are so many apostles that are in the marketplace that should be in the church. And of course, there are so many apostles that are in the church that should be in the marketplace. I told you guys, Nehemiah. Nehemiah's job was just to be carrying cup for the king. He was the cup bearer of the king. But he did massive work. Why? It was within the will of God for his life. Can I tell you one of the things that amused me, that the Holy Spirit revealed to me about this? The prophet in the time of Nehemiah, if he tried to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, he would not have gotten the kind of result that Nehemiah got. Why? Because Nehemiah's assignment of rebuilding the wall was within the will and the plan of God. So there are some things that you are doing. It's not your work. And that's the reason you are struggling to get results. You are putting in effort, but you are not seeing proper results. Why? You need to go back and check and say, God, is this your will for me? Is this your plan for me? Some people are working in offices where they do not have, where they are not supposed to work. And promotion is not coming and they are saying it's the power of your father's house. It's not always the power of your father's house. Sometimes that work is outside of God's plan for your life. Joseph had a purpose. So imagine Joseph found himself in Egypt without knowing the plan of God for his life. And for one reason or the other, he got a job in the in the in one printing press. And in that printing press, he was having a dream where he was seeing the heavens and earth bowing down to him. And he's wondering what's going on with my life. Why? He had left the will of God. Some of the reasons we struggle 
is because we stepped out of God's will. So this is the assignment. We need to go back. I say, God, what is your blueprint for my life? Some of you are listening to me. You need to begin to pray that prayer from tonight. What is your blueprint for my destiny? What's your blueprint for my business? What's your blueprint for my marriage? What's your blueprint for my ministry? What's your blueprint for this job I'm about to take? What's your blueprint for my life? I need to know so that I can align everything with it. Remember I told you, it is the plan that the architect has dropped. That is what the other people will now begin to work on. The architect cannot drop a plan and then the, maybe the, the architect draws, draws a plan for a bungalow. And then the, the structural engineer said, no, I, I, I don't believe that it should be a bungalow. So I'm going to design foundation for a six-story building. They are going to be wasting money there. What is the blueprint for my life? So that I can align it. I can know it and align it. Because most of the reason of the struggle is not always the power of your father's house. Sometimes it's simply because you have stepped out of God's purpose for your life. In this, our leadership series is very important for us. Because we need to know exactly what God wants us to do. We need to know exactly what the plan and purposes of God for our life is. If not, we'll be struggling. We'll be struggling. So when Solomon says, except the Lord build his house, the builders build in vain. I am saying to you, except the Lord give you the blueprint of your life. All those things that you are doing, they are in vain. Except the Lord give you the blueprint for that relationship. You are wasting time there. No wonder they have been dating you for five years. And you are still speaking in tongues. The Lord will touch his heart. When you did not check if being in this relationship in the first place is in the will of God. No wonder you are struggling with that business. And everybody around you is owing you. Even when they have the money to pay, they'll be telling you, don't worry, my brother. Don't worry, my brother. I will, I will, don't worry. You trust me. And true, true, you trust them. But they're not paying you. And you're wondering why things are happening like this. Except the Lord give you the blueprint for that, your career. That's the reason you have not been promoted for years. Some people in class, I, I, I remember the story of this guy when I was in, when I was in the university. This guy will teach everybody in the exam. Teach everybody. We will attend this tutorial. And when the result is out, he taught me, oh, I have 69. He has 34. How? I, I, I did not understand too much about spiritual things that time, you know. So I used to tell him, I said, oh, God, you need help. 
And the help that you need is not uh, it's not ordinary help. It's deep help. Because in next session, he will say, I'm not teaching anybody any tutorial. When I do the work, when I do the You'll be shouting, I'm not teaching anybody. Ooh, don't worry, I'm my guy. <laughs> we'll organize the tutorial again. All the people that he taught will get 50, 51, we still get 28. Some people are actually struggling be, not because they are not putting in proper efforts, but they are struggling because their life has shifted out of God's will. So, beloved, I want to close now. I want you to go back home. Stay in God's presence. Stay there. Ask questions. Get answers that pertain to the issues of your life. Stay in God's presence. Ask him for a blueprint. We are going to pray about two or three sample prayers now so that when you go back, you know what to do. Because there are some things that you need to know for your life to move forward. Everybody wants to go to Canada. Everybody wants to go to the UK. Sometimes, even some of those things that we call breakthrough, it's probably the enemy trying to divert us. I was listening to a pastor. The pastor is abroad, though. I think he's in Canada. And he was saying something that a couple relocated from Nigeria to Canada. They had three children. So they attended his church. So on the first day they came, they, <laughs> they came to see the pastor. The pastor was excited to have them. So after the service, they went to the pastor's office. The pastor now said this. He said, while he was talking to the couple, God said to him, tell those people to go back to Nigeria. Ah. <laughs> he said, I have been trained not to disobey the voice of God. But uh, this one, I was ready to disobey. How can I tell? <laughs> people that just came. They came in on Tuesday. They came to the church on Sunday. Then he took them to the office to welcome them and, you know, offer them the kind of assistance to allow them to settle down properly. You say I should tell them to go back to Nigeria. Ah. He said as the voice of God was speaking to him, the thing was heavy. He was still trying to, you know, relate with them and tell them, no, you are welcome, you know. You know, it, it might be a little tough, but over he was trying to counsel them the way he was... He will cancel other people. He said that voice keep telling him, tell them to go back to where they are coming from. Ha! And then all of a sudden, he had a revelation, like a trance. And in that trance, God told him that this couple, where they are coming from, the kind of prayers they were praying, God sent they, had, they have two children. God sent them 
prophets as children. So they gave back to those two children. And the devil knows that these ones, these two people, they carry destiny. So what did the devil do? The devil organized breakthrough for the parents to move so that he can attack the children. So God said to the pastor that in a very short while, the first one, who was a man, if he remained in that country, he was going to change his gender. Ah, at that point. <laughs> the pastor said, hey, well, um, you know, as a pastor now, you have, to, you have to know how to present matters. So the pastor now changed the topic. You see, this journey, did we pray to God about? Oh, they say, oh yeah, we, we even fasted. <laughs> they were just making the pastor's job more difficult. Listen to me. Why am I telling you this story? When you move out of God's plan, when you move out of God's plan, you will struggle. Nobody says you shouldn't travel abroad or go and look for greener pastures. Oh, that's, that's, that's beautiful. But you have to stop and check with the one who holds tomorrow. The one who has your future in his hands. You have to check. If you, if you know in football, in, in those of you that watch football, in football, when the game is, is going on, the two teams line up opposite themselves, facing each other. The referees are the center. You cannot kick the ball if the referee has not given you permission to do so. Now, if the referee starts the, the match, he blows the whistle, the match starts going on, the referee has the right to blow the whistle again. Once, you blow, once the referee blows the whistle, even if you score a goal, what happens? The goal is cancelled. Why? Because the referee is in charge. You want to score a goal in your life, you have not cleared with the referee of your destiny. If you score the goal, they will cancel it. That's exactly what I'm talking about this morning. That you need to go back to the man that gives blueprints and say, Father, show me the blueprint of my life. Mountain of Fire Miracle Ministries that we are gathering here together under that platform, God spoke to somebody in 1976 about it. And the ministry did not start until 1979. Meaning that by next year, this ministry will be 35 years. Something that will last must have blueprints. Something that will stand the test of time must have blueprints. Some of you might not know, but the kind of attacks that come into this, into this ministry, you will not believe it. I remember during the pandemic, there was one woman who just woke up in the morning. I begin to talk left, right, left, right, left, right. Some of you might have seen the video. All those kind of attacks, yet we are still here. Why? There is a blueprint. And just like the referee in the football match, the only person that can change position is when the owner of the blueprint blows the whistle. So no matter what the devil does, mountain of fire will still come out strong. You know that where that scripture says, 
We are struck down on all sides. But we are not shaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. It is, you are not destroyed when you are cast down or struck down because you are in alignment with the purpose of God. Most of those things that we read in the scriptures, when men are cast down, I'll just say uh, there is a lifting. It, there will be a lifting up in accordance with God's purpose. I'm going to close now. Go back home. We're going to start praying some prayers now. But you must take your time. Go back to the Almighty. This message is critical because many of us here are relatively young. You still have time. Many of our parents struggle to pay rent, struggle to pay fees, struggle to pay this. Somebody has worked for how many years, the person is still paying rent. The person is not able to build a building, not able to take his children to good school, not able to... And it's not, you see that man or that woman working very hard. Check. There was no blueprint. They were doing it how they think it should be done. That's why many people are struggling. Beloved, the blueprint of your destiny would determine so many things about your life. The, 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 the architect is the one in the drawing that we put the position where the toilet will be. It's not the, the, the uh, uh, mechanical engineer that will do that. It's the architect. He will make provision for toilets. And then it is the work of the, of the structural engineer to build the, public, the plumbing system in that spot where the architect made provision for toilets. The, the structural engineer, no, sorry, the mechanical engineer cannot wake up tomorrow and say, no, I don't like this place, I don't, it's not fine. Let's put the toilet in the center of the parlor. No, can't do that. Say, so you, you want to hide my work? No. The architect has made provision for the convenience. That is where you will do your work. So, in the blueprint of your life, the place where your destiny will shine, provisions have already been made for that. There's marriage in that blueprint. There's children in that blueprint. There's favor with God and man in that blueprint. All of the breakthroughs and all of the things of there is promotion in that blueprint. But if you do not have the blueprint of your own destiny, you are likely going to either work with the blueprint of the world or any other blueprint that you can see around you. Accept the Lord. Build the house. The builders build in vain. Rise to your feet. Few prayers I want to pray now before we go. Make sure you pray. Beloved, open your eyes and look at me first. The prayers I want to pray now. If you ask me, they are one of the most important set of prayers you will ever pray for yourself. It's not a gentleman's prayer. It's a desperate man's prayer. Someone that desperately needs 
to receive of the Lord. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. It's not the time for you to be chatting with your friend or telling you, looking at uh -uh. Leave your friend though. Pray for your own. The blueprint of that friend, even on your own. Close your eyes. Get yourself ready to pray. You will shout the first one at the top of your voice like this. Say, my father. Show me the secrets I need to know about myself. <laughs> Close your eyes. This prayer is important. You know why? Because there are some people that are your friends. <laughs> if God can open your eyes, you will know that those are your enemies. There are some people that you share your vision with. Whereas, you are supposed to be running away from them. When God opens your eyes to see things, you will not be able, you will not put your money in investments that will fail. Why? Because God has shown you some secrets that your life needs. Shout it once again. Say, my father! Show me the secrets that my life needs to know. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and decree. Beloved, don't joke with this prayer. Don't joke with this prayer. Open your mouth and talk to God. Show me the secret. The secret about my relationship. The secret about my business. The secret about my family. Speak to me, Lord. I want to know the secret of my destiny. Ye proto sayama kapalo radeirebos yataha. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Lay your right hand on your chest, everybody. And say this next one loud. Say, Father. No, I need you to say it very well. Say, Father. Download into my spirit the blueprint of my destiny. Can I hear you say that loud? Say, Father. Download into my spirit the blueprint of my destiny. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and begin to decree. Rebeke parosia taha, limbra katia rebosia ketele manosia. Yes, download into my spirit. Limpo kosiantra katili manabayo sadaha. Redeke parien de palokataha. Yes, download into my spirit the blueprint of my destiny.
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Put your hands down and shout this one loud and clear. Say anything that needs to die. When I say anything that needs to die, I mean anything that needs to go. Anything that needs to be disconnected from you. Anything that needs to leave you alone. Anything that needs to be separated from you. Close your eyes. Say anything that needs to die. For my life to move forward. What are you waiting for? Die, 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 die. In the name of Jesus. Liba Karandelebosia Parotoha. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Open your eyes and look at me for a minute. There are some people that have already gone outside of God's will. They have taken steps or made decisions that have taken them out of their divine plan or God's purpose for them. Close your eyes. And you will shout this one loud and clear. Say, my father. Have mercy on me. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Let me tell you something. I was saying this to somebody just a few before I came up. The prayer of mercy is not a gentleman's prayer. I'm sure you know the guy they call uh, Blind Bartimaeus. You know that guy, right? The Bible says he was shouting. They say, hey, keep quiet. The Bible says he shouted louder. The prayer for mercy is not a gentleman's prayer. No. It's a desperate man's prayer. Close your eyes. Especially if you know that for one reason or the other, there's some disalignment in your life. Close your eyes. Say, my father, have mercy on me. Realign my will to your plan for me. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and decree. Las caparata la bosia tapaha. Rende crebosia tekende pradisia badahosa. Yes, have mercy on me. 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 Rene Polian de Capora Tayabadosia. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, O God. Ragacoria Bosia Tapara de Levosia. Yes, realign me to your purpose. Realign me to your will. Realign me to your plan. Realign me to the blueprint for my destiny. Have mercy, O God. Have mercy, O God. Leporian de Paladarinosia. 
Rada palimbra katasoli amakapa. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, I pray for every man and every woman that is under the sound of my voice. And for one reason or the other, they have been disconnected from their blueprint. We ask, oh God, that you arise and you have mercy, oh Lord. Let your mercy speak over those wrong relationships, over those wrong business arrangements, over those jobs and career and career paths that we're not in a line with your blueprint for our lives. Father, once again, we ask that you arise and you have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus. According to your loving kindness, according to your mercy, let there be a divine realignment in our lives. And anyone that is under the sound of my voice that is currently being connected to any yoke, that is currently being connected to anything that is destined to destroy him or her, as your people thunder with their amen right now, let there be a disconnection. Let there be a disconnection. Let there be a disconnection. In the name of Jesus, I speak into your life. Anything you are about to walk into that is not in God's plan, let God himself arise and scatter it. By the power that separated the Red Sea, I decree over your destiny, let God arise and separate you from unfriendly friends. arise and separate you from destructive choices. Let God arise and separate you from decisions that are bound to destroy you. In the name of Jesus. And just like in Ezekiel 37 in the valley of dry bones, and when the man of God prophesied, the Bible says there was a wind that came from the east. And that wind swept through the valley, the Bible says, and bone connected to bone. And bone connected to bone. And bone connected to bone. I speak as a servant of the living God. Every place where you have been disconnected, let there be a divine reconnection. Yes, over your relationship, let there be a divine connection. Over your business, let there be a divine reconnection. Over your family, let there be a divine connection. 
over your health let there be a divine connection everything that was disconnected because it's going to bring good to you I decree as a servant of God after the honor of the valley of dry bones let there be a divine connection now in the name of Jesus we give you glory father because no man can do these things except you thank you ancient of days to you be all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.